We're almost there. Just hold on to me. Next. Don't look back. Once we're through, we've got to be smart. Figure out where we're going. Maybe where the Empire isn't. Wherever we go, it can't be worse than where we've been. Yes, it can. Out there, we've got no protection. We could get snatched up by traffickers, sold to Crimson Dawn or the Hut Cartel. It's not going to happen. I won't let it. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Solo Cast. I'm your host, Carl LeClaire, and this will be another solo show, aka just me. You're sorry or you're welcome. Delete accordingly. Um, anyway, I hope you've been enjoying the first two uh, mini episodes uh, of this new segment here in the Wampus Lair. So much fun having Chris on last time and uh, breaking down kind of the different light and uh, the way the cinematography plays such a powerful role in Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, absolutely loved learning from Chris and uh, from the sounds of some of the great feedback we got. Uh, sounds like uh, quite a few of you did as well. So thank you so much for Sending in positive feedback. I, I love hearing that folks are enjoying this little segment because I, for one, certainly enjoy doing it. So this is episode three, uh, Luck and Destiny is the title of this episode. So what I want to kind of look at and break down is the concepts of luck and destiny, clearly with the title. <laughs> Way to go, Carl. Um, and how, there's such an, how they play such an important role for Han in this movie. Um, so luck is such a big concept for Han. And at the top of the clip here, right, I played a clip from the beginning of the movie where he gives Kira his lucky dice and uh, confirms that is in that he's giving her this, of course, for luck. Um, so what about, what is it about luck that is such a big part of, of Han's character? Um, and I'm, I'm obviously going to stretch a bit here, but, um, and this is obviously informed by who I am as a person, but in a way, I would say that luck is kind of like Han's spirituality, um, which you might be thinking to yourself, luck isn't spirituality. Um, and you're not wrong, but spirituality, right, is, is something that we believe in and, and live out, um, in the way we live our lives. Spirituality is essentially something that is, uh, we have faith in something and then we live that out spiritually. Um, it, it, our spirituality is an expression of something we have faith in. And it seems like the only thing Han does have faith in is luck. Um, right. He even, he even says in a new hope, right. That he doesn't believe there, are, there is a mystical energy for uh, a mystical energy that controls his destiny. Um, it's all a sim- bunch of simple tricks and nonsense as he puts it to, to Obi-Wan and Luke. Um, so Han's life is interesting in the sense that he obviously doesn't have faith in something like the force, but I would say that he does have faith in this thing called luck. Um, it's a really big part of his identity and who he is. Um, and you know, that belief in luck, it's still a belief in something beyond himself. Um, and I think that actually is really important in this scene with him and Kira as they're trying to escape from Corellia. Um, and those, uh, those lucky dice, right. Uh, I would still love to hear 
a backstory about where those came from. Um, and I actually thought we were going to learn that in the movie. And um, part of me is disappointed we didn't, but then there's also a part of me that loves that we didn't. Cause again, it maintains the mystery and as star Wars fans, we always love some sense of mystery about certain things. Well, some of us do. Um, and, but these are like the way Han carries these around, right? Like it's the, it's one of the first things we see in the movie is he puts these dice up on the stolen speeder. Um, he's sure to grab them as they escape from the speeder, as they're, you know, heading to the spaceport at the beginning in, uh, on Corellia. So these things, these dice mean something to him. Um, and I can't help but think, you know, I mean, obviously I have a pair of these dice hanging on my rear view mirror in my car as, as several of my friends do. And I'm sure a lot of you do as well. Um, but you know, that's very analogous to the action of people like hanging a ro- hanging rosary beads on their rear view mirror or, or hanging something, some sort of memento that's important to you. Um, so in a way, these, these lucky dice are kind of like, uh, uh, a religious item for Han. Um, again, I don't think he would describe it as such. And, and, um, you know, it's not quite, quite the same, but for Han, these lucky dice represent his belief that there is this thing called luck. There is something bigger than himself that, uh, kind of guides things. It's, it's almost similar to the concept of fate. Um, right, that the fate, that fates are what determine the course of actions in our life, and I think for Han, he sees himself as someone who's got a lot of luck, um, and that's actually a concept that's expanded a lot in some of the EU material. Um, and I was reminded of that while I was reading the um, Star Wars Icons on Solo book. Um, it, it talks a lot about how luck is constantly something that Han refers to. Um, and we see that even in the original trilogy, that, that Han really does believe that luck is a, a huge part of the good things that happen to him um, or the bad things. It's bad luck. It's good luck. But it is interesting the way he almost reveres luck as if it's something bigger. It is some bigger force that controls him. Um, and yeah, I just I think that's a really neat concept that we're kind of given in solo in particular because we do see that han sees the course of events in his life in some way determined by something beyond himself rather than calling it the force like most characters that we've we've met in star wars han just calls it luck but i do see them as somewhat similar um, because han does seem to have a certain level of trust or faith in this thing called luck and I really think that's personified in how important those dice are to him. Um, and, you know, in the movie, he gives them away to Kira. He's giving, him, he's, he's giving her his sense of luck. Um, and he believes in that, even though it's bad luck for her initially. Um, you know, you could explore what, exa- um, what that might mean for Kira in the sense that, well, at least she's not put to death by Proxima. Um, she has at least the good enough fortune to, um, well, I don't really want to say anything that happens to Kira is good fortune because her life kind of sucks after this continues to suck. Um, and that's, that's something we can visit in another episode of this when we look more directly at Kira, but she gives them back to Han, right? When they, when they're on Kessel. And I think it's her saying, take that luck back with you, right? It's, it's her giving Han that those lucky dice back so that, the mission they're about to embark on on Kessel that's so important to their to their future 
that Han will have that luck with him. And you see that even on his face, right? The way he grins. I think that grin is kind of twofold. I think it's primarily, I think he's, he's grinning because he's probably elated that she still has them, that she has kept these and treasured these lucky dice that he gave to her. It, it shows that, that they meant something to her just, just like they meant something to Han. And I think he's glad to just have them back. Um, and the closing shot of Solo is on those dice as he and Chewie jump to light speed. Um, so it's fair to say that there is something like fate or Han might call it luck looking out for him. Um, so that moves me into this, this idea of, of destiny and how destiny, um, right. Kind of plays out in the movie. Um, and you know, we know that, you know, the Kasdans wanted to write a story where we see some of these formative things that happened to Han, some of the things that make up his character, in the original movies, you know, they wanted to show us how he gets, you know, how he gets the Falcon, how he meets Chewie, how he, you know, does the castle run. And those, those big moments all kind of become these statements of destiny for Han, right? Then I think that's something you can do with a prequel story is, you know, where a character obviously ends up, but you get to sow the seeds of how they got there. So I kind of want to look at some of these big destiny moments, if you will, for Han. And I really feel like the first one is when he's down in that mud pit being fed to the beast. And wait, there's a beast? Um, and it's almost destiny that Han would somehow both know how to understand Trewook, but even more, speak a little bit of it, right? Um, it's destiny that that is a language he is... Um, you know, cognizant of because it really does save his life in that moment. Um, if he wasn't able to speak Shriwook, he'd have been a dead Han and Chewie's meal for the day. But he knows Shriwook. It's kind of this this destiny that he be able to communicate with Chewie and Chewie be able to communicate with Han. Um, and it immediately connects them in a way that allows them to become free. So um, it may be stretching it a bit to say that that was necessarily destiny, but it kind of is, in my opinion. It, it's kind of this 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 destined moment where Han actually is able to speak and know Shriwook. Um, now, fun fact, one of the early concepts um, in, uh, in Revenge of the Sith that George Lucas had written because he was considering putting Han Solo in the movie was that he grew up um, on Kashyyyk with Chewie and Chewie's family. And that's how he learned um, Shriwook. Uh, of course, that that never ended up happening in the movie. Um, but that was kind of George's early concept of how Han knew Shriwook. Now, again, we don't, we don't know why Han knows it. Um, and, you know, I know some people said like, oh, that doesn't really make sense. How would not, Han not know? How would Han know this? Um, it's the same thing, you know, where people complained about Ray knowing different languages, but I think it's just a product of where they come from, right? Like Ray obviously knows different languages because Jakku is full of a diverse group and she has to learn those languages to survive. Um, somewhere along the way, Han had to pick up Shriwook while on Corellia. It probably came in handy. If you look back at the um, Han Solo trilogy that A.C. Crispin wrote, now again, obviously that is now Legends, it's not canon, but in that particular story, Han is borderline raised and looked after by by a Wookiee. Um, and she basically gives her life for Han too so that Han can escape um, the the 
criminal orphan life he's living in that story, which is somewhat similar to the life he's living with Proxima. Um, but Han grew up learning and knowing um, Shriwook. But here in, in just, just in the movie, Han knowing how to speak it and communicate in Shriwook literally saves his life. But more than just saving his life, it connects him to Chewbacca. Um, so I think like that's to me is the first kind of big destiny thing um, in in the story. Uh, the next moment of destiny, if you will, is when Beckett gives Han his his DL forty four blaster. Um, I also loved that we got to see that the blaster is actually a broken, you know, not broken down because uh, not broken in the sense of doesn't work, but it's a stripped down version of what looks to be kind of like a sniper rifle. Um, and that's what makes it such a heavy blaster. Um, you know, you can, you can tell that even in the, from a new hope when, when Han is having that shootout with the stormtroopers as they're fleeing docking B 94, um, you know, is Han's blasting holes in the wall with a blaster, right? Like this is a heavy duty gun. So it's cool seeing Beckett just practically break that down and why Han has such a, a powerful blaster. Um, but more than that, um, you know, Beckett kind of blesses it, if you will, by giving it that kiss and then tossing it to Han. And right, we get that really cool shot of Han just looking at it. And to me, it kind of seals it, it, it well, it doesn't seal, but it opens him to this destiny of becoming this gunslinger, this, this smuggler character. He's being welcomed onto the team quite fully in that moment, right? Um, you know, Val has been very wary of bringing Han in, but, you know, I think up until this moment, he's just been kind of an interloper into this crew of Rio, Beckett, and Val. But when Beckett gives him the gift of the the blaster, it's kind of welcoming Han into this smuggler lifestyle. He's now part of that crew. Um, he's been able he's been enabled to be an effective part of the group the crew because he's been given this this blaster. So I think even that's a moment of destiny for Han. Um, and the way they shoot it, right? Like the way they even film it, it kind of implies that the fact that Beckett gives it a little kiss and then we see Han holding it up to the firelight. Like this is, this is his entrance into that. It's into that smuggler's world. Um, but, uh, there's a couple more I'm going to mention, but this is the biggest one to me. Um, and it's also to me, one of the coolest moments in the movie itself, and it's that first time that Han sees the Falcon. So let's listen to the music because I think the music, because there really are no lines, the music tells us emotionally. Um, it, it tells us emotionally how how to feel in that moment, but I also think it's telling us in a way how Han is feeling in the moment. So here's that piece of music as they see what Han assumes to probably just be a piece of junk.
how good is that statement of the rebel fanfare? Um, I've heard, you know, when the movie first came out, I, I saw lots of people on social media talking about how, oh, it's the only time in the movie we hear the force theme. Well, Hopefully you just realize that's not the force theme. Um, part of me wishes it was the force theme um, because to me it would almost imply that, you know, again, the force is what's driving Han's destiny. And I honestly do believe that, but musically we're given the rebel fanfare. I think the reason we're given the rebel fanfare is because Han's destiny with the Falcon is to be part of the Alliance, is to be part of this movement that will free the galaxy. So it's not just the Falcon in that moment represents freedom to Han individually, personally, but it's also going to be the vehicle, pun intended, the vehicle to Han bringing freedom to the rest of the galaxy by becoming part of the Rebel Alliance. Um, this musically here, right? The, the way it's played, the, the, there's literally like angelic voices kind of, lifting their voices as Han sees his future before him. And I remember all the way back to one of the teaser trailers, because we get this shot in one of the teasers, you see these two moons above the Falcon. Now, um, I'm going to be, pardon my, pardon my bragging here for a second, but I heard some people on social media say, oh, those aren't moons, they're just... Uh, um, lights in the hangar. Well, it's very clear that this isn't an in the movie that this, this is not an enclosed hangar. So those are indeed moons. These are, this is Han's twin sunset moment, right? In the same way that Luke looks at the binary suns on Tatooine and dreams for something more. These two moons are Han looking up at that cockpit, looking up at this ship, knowing that there's so much more in store for him in life. And I love that it's two moons as opposed to two suns. It makes sense for a good and optimistic and, you know, inherently uh, good character like Luke that he has these two bright sons. But Han is coming from a shady background, right? He grew up in the shadows. He grew up in the dark. So the the light that reflects for Han is the light of moons, right? Moon, moon, the only reason we can see the light of the moon is because it reflects the sun's light. So Han is a character who will help to magnify the light of the good. Um, so I love that it's these two moons that are sitting just above the cockpit of the Falcon, calling Han forth into a much bigger and better life. Now, if you've read the solo novel, um, you might remember this scene from the novel. It's The novel in general uh, was fine to me. I didn't love it. Uh, I certainly didn't hate it. But there are a few things in the novel that I really enjoyed. And this scene, when Han sees the Falcon, is phenomenal. So I want to read this for you really quick. Um, and if you have a copy of the novel, it starts on page 148, just to cite my source. Um, but let me read to you what it says in the novel in this moment. And let me begin. Han, Han had memories of loving his parents long ago, but they were distant and fuzzy. The teenage passion and the adult confusion he felt for Kira maybe was love, but he wasn't sure. But the thing he knew, the thing he was sure about, was that he loved the Millennium Falcon the moment he laid eyes on it. His heart lurched painfully, like it had the first time he had kissed Kira, but this was different somehow. Kira had wanted to kiss him back, and there was excitement there. Now Han felt that as close as this ship was, its smooth shielding under his fingertips, it was parsecs away from his reach. 
It was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen. No other Corellian freighter, freighter has ever looked like this. Lando had poured a great deal of love, style, and money into this ship. His ship. And despair clogged Han's throat that it didn't belong to him. He didn't even think he could ever find a ship this perfect, even if he had sold all of the coaxium on Kessel. So, there you have it. The words of Mer Lafferty, the, the author of Solo, the novel. This moment for Han is everything. You know, he, he immediately falls in love with this ship. Now, I've never seen... Like again, because this this would be like somebody falling in love with a car. Um, I'm not a car person, so I've never had that experience. But I've certainly had the experience of seeing someone and just instantly falling in love. That's what happens for Han in this moment. And I think Han doesn't just fall in love with the Millennium Falcon as a ship, but again, he falls in love with all that it represents. He falls in love with the promise of, like the opening crawl tells us. It's his passage to flying among the stars. He falls in love with this, this ship that could make all his dreams come true. And the music, again, tells us emotionally this is such a huge moment of destiny for Han. As he looks up at that cockpit and notice who's standing right kind of next to him but slightly behind him like he'll always be is Chewie. They are destined to have this ship and fly among the stars together. So I think that is that to me is the biggest statement of destiny in the movie. Um, I just want to hit a couple more really quick. And the next one, of course, is um, Han and Chewie becoming co-pilots during the Kessel Run. Right? I love that scene when Han is you know flying the ship off of Kessel. And he's by himself and he's, he's, he's just got that grin on his face that he's getting to fly the ship that he obviously is in love with. And then Kira and Chewie come into the cockpit and Han turns around to Kira and says, I could use a co-pilot. And she comes and sits down next to him. But notice how the camera then focuses up onto Chewie. And the camera almost shakes a tiny bit. Again, I think this is Bradford Young, like we talked about in the last episode. He does at moments use that handheld camera. I think this is that handheld camera kind of giving us a sense of confusion, like, no, Han, you're getting the wrong person. You're doing it wrong. It's supposed to be Chewie, right? So even visually, we're being told that. So Chewie sits down, takes the back seat, and Kira sits down next to him. And again, in Han's mind and in Han's heart, he assumes that Kira is supposed to be his co-pilot. Well, as soon as they get into some trouble... It becomes very apparent that Kira has no idea what to do on a ship. She's not a she's not a pilot. She doesn't know these things. So Chewie stands up and comes to the rescue, and Kira immediately understands who Han needs. She pulls back in that seat and says, "Chewie, you take over." Um, I don't think that's the direct line, and I'm embarrassed I don't know it. But um, Chewie sits down. We get another statement of the rebel fanfare as Han just looks at him and smiles. Again, this is their destiny. And then I remember I made this statement on Twitter a while back. As soon as we get the shot of them, we get this kind of fun and triumphant statement of the rebel fanfare, again, implying their destiny of where they're going to go together as pilot and co-pilot. But then as soon as Chewie takes the seat, 
we get an exterior shot of the Falcon and the light comes on, right? Chewie turns on the lights. Chewie is the conscience for Han who will help him see better in the dark. So again, it's they're destined to be together. And the last moment of destiny I want to mention, and again, there, there could be others, um, but to me, these are all the big ones. But that last one, of course, is them winning the Millennium Falcon at the end of the movie from Lando. Um, and right, even in that Savak game, Lando's like, geez, you really got it bad for the Falcon. And Han says, trust me, she belongs with me. Again, Han just knows in his bones that that ship, its destiny lies with him. His destiny lies being the, the captain of that ship. And uh, of course, that happens. So, you know, the fact that they win the ship, even though it's all battered and broken, kind of like Han through everything he's gone through in this movie, is it flies off into the stars. That desire he had that we were told of at the beginning of the film becomes true. He's one with the stars now. And more than that, he's got his co-pilot for life in Chewbacca. So these are all these big destiny moments where luck is on Han's side, where to me, even more than luck, the force is willing Han into something more. And Han puts in the effort to make those, those, uh, those potentials into realities. So that's kind of my thoughts on luck and destiny in this particular movie. Um, as always, I'm, I'm very curious to see what uh, other folks think about this. Um, see if you've, if you've got other moments that you felt like were strong destiny moments for Han in the movie. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So certainly feel free to, to share those on our social media. Um, but yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this third episode of the solo cast luck and destiny i am your host carl leclerc and we will see you very soon in the wampas lair